Welcome to the Anime Book Club. Today we'll be discussing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, The Stardust Crusaders, episodes 16 and 17. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. I'm here for JoJo. Oh, man. And actually, just to be clear, because we've never really had a mission statement on this uh, this podcast. If you've somehow ran into this episode of it, uh, we discuss animes. Uh, we watch a couple episodes every week and then discuss it. Uh, it. It is not just a JoJo podcast, but we started with a long one. <laughs> Nah, it's it's a short one, right? It's not like we're watching Inuyasha. I know. Oh God, the, pour pour one out for the idiot who has the Inuyasha podcast. <laughs> There's got to be something longer, more ongoing, right now, right? Didn't they make a new Inuyasha? Isn't there a kid? Isn't there a show about oh, their kid? God. No, yeah, I think you're right. I, remember, I think I remember seeing commercials for it somewhere. There was like a yeah, like a sequel to Inuyasha. Now if Borutoed Inuyasha. Actually, I literally can't mock that because we're literally watching a show right now where everyone's <laughs> everyone's kid. Just generational, yeah. <laughs> yep, I can't cast shade because this is this is what we're in. No, no, no. Of... no, this one is more manly because we skip a generation every time. Exactly. Pour one out for the generations we don't discuss, aka George and Holly. <laughs> George Jorge the second. Jorge the second. England's brightest pilot. <laughs> you know in fairness the entire raf is under suspicion for that scenario so oh my god oh my god that's my favorite stupid thing about this show is that a zombie made it all the way up on the raf with no one questioning him oh, oh. gosh but yeah that's the past i we will be referencing jojo's bizarre adventure uh the uh shoot i don't remember the name of the uh, uh it's battle tendency and a blood Phantom Phantom blood. blood, yeah. I, I will be referencing that at some point during this two-parter. I'm looking forward to it. Just warning. Just warning. Anyway, we'll be discussing The Lovers uh, Part 1 and 2. We got another two-parter to enjoy. And my oh my, uh, before we get into it, I just got to say, I, I, whew, this is great. <laughs> these two episodes? Yeah, I like these two episodes. They were, this is like prime JoJo. I'm sure by now I've said at least a couple times like I'm finally into uh, I'm into battle not battle tendency I'm always into battle tendency yeah I'm finally finally into Stardust Crusaders but yeah they, these two episodes are a stride I I just if the formula is stand battle with a stupid B plot I am in it forever <laughs> well it's I like this one good too because like everyone gets to star in this. Except Alfdahl, but everyone gets a role <laughs> in this episode. It just cuts to his unmarked grave in <laughs> India. <laughs> Your turn, Avdol. Shallow grave. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we'll just jump right into it. Uh we we have a quick little thing. I almost wish they just opened with the intro, just reminding everybody uh that the gang has a carriage and they still have the old lady. And they've uh have made their way to the Indus River, and then we have the intro. Uh, I have to admit, we had a little bit of a gap in recording, so I had forgotten they had spared the old lady, because I guess my brain is just going. No, that was exa exactly what I was going to say, because, yeah, the seeing her still alive was like, oh, yeah. Well, those doofuses. <laughs> uh, we then uh, get into the episode proper, and holy moly, uh, I'm just going to say, I don't know what we're going to say. It will not do justice to this. Everyone should just go watch the 16th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Starters Crusaders. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. Exactly, next because uh, holy moly, we have an extended play-by-play -play sequence <laughs> describing how haggling works with donor kebabs. Where and 
Was this Pakistan? I can't. I think they're still in Pakistan. I think uh, they're still in Pakistan. I swear they said right at the beginning of this episode. It's been a while now. So uh, they they were on the edge of Pakistan the in the last oh yeah. battle. Yeah, they're still in Pakistan. They're just at a different part of Pakistan. I see. Did we both just Google the Indus River? Uh, no, I actually just rewound the tape. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I know I've said this before, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna repeat myself again. The intro is slamming, Pat. I am so down for this intro now. I don't, I'm so excited. It, it must have been some kind of like new era depression or something that yeah do not like this i wasn't ready for it and now my heart is open my only worry is now that i love it i wonder if they have a new intro for the second half of uh stardust crusaders yeah is they have an official break point so does that mean it'll have two intros we're getting close to it oh man we gotta savor uh stand proud while we can uh, but yeah, so just to describe it they ride into town joseph sees um a doner kebab tries to buy some and we get the, it, it's weird. It, it's almost experimental where the narrator describes how haggling works and the animation is like, I don't even know. It's like start and stop jittery where like the, 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 the Donner salesman and Joseph are given individual lines and they haggle over the price of Donner's. Um, and I don't know if you were like me, but I don't know. A thousand yen, which I think is $10, seems like a fair price for four donners. Yeah, for like four burgers. Four burgers, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the hamburger of the East. Yeah, remember? That's what they said. Like, oh, these are, this is what the East of the West, like, God, they keep using this term. Like, I like the way Japan gets lumped to the West every time they do these comparisons. Yeah. <laughs> it is what they would call, that is their hamburger. Another good touristy kind of thing. Yet again, Kakyoin being robbed of what should have been his yes. bit. Thank you. I was about to bring that up. Like once again, I am just sorry, like just sorry that Kakyoin is not our universal tourist. I guess he was that for Hong Kong. I guess he really yeah. liked Hong Kong, and then he, everywhere he else can go fuck itself. Exactly. He never read up. He never read up. He, uh, he's Joseph, it's been, been yeah. Hong Kong. He knows those two places. Uh, Joseph buys the gang some Donners. He ends up getting still swindled. Which is pretty funny, but he's still proud of himself. And he turns around, and I think it's hilarious, because he turns around, and the old lady is wide awake and, like, sitting up in the back of the of the carriage, and no one has noticed. At that moment, I that what made me wonder, what was their plan exactly? Because I don't think she's, like, her stand can come back out, can't it? Yeah, she can still summon justice at any time. I don't think she needs fog to use justice. I think justice makes fog. Yeah. Like they don't, I don't think they had a plan for her waking up. It's like Joseph was driving, so who was watching? Like, has she been awake for a while? Was no one paying attention? <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful shot of her. Those eyes. She's freaking out too. Yeah, she's got giant, like, huge Miyazaki eyes just looking at him, just like, hey. <laughs> um, Anne would have noticed it. And would have had to get rid of Anne. Anne would have yelled at them for not knowing what to do with her when she was unconscious. Exactly. She would have been like, let's stab her to death and leave her in a ditch. <laughs> Look, they're going to um, get to Egypt and find out that Anne has already defeated Dio. Yeah, she's already there. She's already taken care of him. <laughs> he is already dead. Uh, we then get a baffling plot twist because yet again, <laughs> we have had an extended sequence about haggling with the Donner salesman and Joseph. Oh, wait, the Donner salesman works for Dio and he's a stand user. 
at this point, they could just start randomly punching every person they meet, and they'll be they'll be punching a stand user like at least half the time. They're bound to. Um, he he pulls off his sunglasses. I guess I should have known he was evil because he was wearing sunglasses. Maybe that's a thing. Uh, and when he does his glorious reveal, uh, boy, old lady gets it real rotten. Yeah, I didn't like the scene. <laughs> it's it's gross. Uh, tentacles like spurt out of out of well, not even out of because I think the eyeballs are fine, but tentacles yeah. are shooting out from underneath and to like the around side. the eye sockets. Yeah. Yeah, they're oh god, they're worming their way out of her mouth and her pores. And at first, I thought like, oh, what are these blood veins? What's even happening? She's like screaming. There's blood like all over the place. Getting some ACDC uh, flashbacks yeah. that I don't like. Susie DC, think about it. Mm. Um, I also had to write in my notes like, wait a minute, are those Donner's poison? Is that the bit? Has he already won? Yeah, okay, you had that thought too, then though. It's yeah, like, why did he? They could have. If he had just poisoned the donors, they all would have eaten it. None of them would have questioned it. Like, also, how does he have a normal price for donors then? I don't even think he works at that stand. I don't think it's his. Because that's the crazy thing, is like, because Joseph is like, oh, I'll buy, buy him for four twenty five, And as Joseph's walk away, the internal monologue of the dealer is, haha, I normally sell them for one fifty, And it's like, but no, you're, you're an assassin from Dio. Is he a donor... Does he own that restaurant and he Dio assassins in his free time? He must. Because you're right. He has a standard price that he was happy for not selling. It's it's insane. That is a humongous logic leap I have trouble coping with. Anyway, the old lady is like, oh, God, if you're here, uh, it's terrible. And she's like bleeding out. And we realize that those are she has a flesh bud in her, too. Even though it seems like she's willing to work with Dio. He's still flesh butted her. I guess she it's was, like a suicide capsule. She was just as surprised as you. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Why would he flesh bud me? Oh no! And uh, our friend here, the new guy, is like, um, "Hey, old lady, you, you totally suck. Dio never trusted you. Uh, you know, look at you. You're you're terrible." And she's like screaming and picking up on the bad vibes. Joseph immediately leads it. It's like. Hey, I guess Dio hated you. You should tell us his secret. Come on, go for it. <laughs> I love Joseph and his just tenacity. What a great call. He's like, hey, you've been betrayed. You're probably not going to last any longer. Uh, any last second confessions? <laughs> she like, well, she can't blink because she's incapable of blinking. But she like looks him in the eyes and is like, I love Dio forever. And then blah, uh, blah. <laughs> dies a horrible death. Uh. Um, it is then revealed that the name of the stand user, and I'm putting a line in the stand. I am calling him Steely Dan. Okay, because I honestly forgot that he was called Dan of Steel or whatever. So the dub name is Dan of Steel. Uh, our, our homie is named Steely Dan, which is a band. I like Steely Dan. I didn't even learn of that band. Like, I heard their songs. I learned the band name from Oh Hello. Just oh, really? That, just to put that on the table, yes. I listened to Steely Dan while we were in college. I know the name. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I know their songs. I've heard them, but I never knew the band name. Ah, uh, okay. Until I listened I... to them and uh, yeah. Bella Fleck and the Flecktones. Those yeah. were the two of, that, of those kind of bands that I really listened to back in, the, back in my JoJo days. In your old JoJo days. you got new ones now. Oh, my, my new JoJo days are so much better than my old JoJo days. Mm-hmm. I, I think I didn't. 
I don't think I, I, I appreciated this series correctly back in the day. You couldn't have, Pat. God. This, this requires maturity. You have to. You have to. You have to have some maturity. You need to chew you, over these episodes and think it, about otherwise it. Otherwise, you can't appreciate the Polnareff licked a dirty toilet two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you still there? <laughs> Sorry. I laughed so... I... I, I... <laughs> Got to... Oh, I forgot about that. That's, you know what, classy stuff. And it's only going to get classier. I, I can't imagine. Well, also, <laughs> Steely Dan wins me over in this move. In the time it took the old lady to die and not sell out Dio, he has moved across the street and is now sitting at a table with hot tea. <laughs> oh, important uh, thing. I think we're already past it. We, we found out that the flesh bud uh, disintegrates in sunlight. Oh, that's a very good point to tell. Yeah, they cut off uh, some of the the flesh buds and they and they fall into the sunlight and they pop. Which boy would that have been good to know many episodes ago? Yeah, it's real crazy. Wait a minute, weren't they? I guess it's hidden in hair. I guess if it wasn't hidden in hair, yeah, it must be it. I'm trying to figure out if that really adds up because, like, when he was pulling, well, whatever. Whatever, Joseph had to Haman karate chop them in the past. Did he did he come on them in the past? Yeah, when they the one they yes, removed that's right. when he yeah. pulled it out. Yeah, when he pulled it out, he Haman chopped it. He had to Haman chop it. Uh very vital to remember that he has Haman chopped a flesh bud before. <laughs> anyway, Steely Dan is sitting at a table, hot cup of tea. You can see steam coming off that tea. Is that someone else's tea? What is he's got an extra power that we're not we're not seeing. Yeah. Because Remember, he was working a daughter's stand. Where did he set up that tea? <laughs> uh, big questions. Crazy questions. Uh, we have a great moment where Paul Narath, like thinks out loud. It's like, hey, that lady's son murdered my sister, but this is real messed up, so I'm conflicted. <laughs> she had a kind of sad death. Yeah. Oh, no. One. No one should die like that. Maybe I'm underselling for our recap. But she is wriggling, bleeding, and like gargle screaming for what feels like a while. It is, it's bad. It's real bad. Um, and Steely Dan, who should have been her ally, does not care. And to be clear, the and the flesh blood is not his power. The flesh, uh, the flesh bulb is not his power. No, Maybe just... he activated it somehow. Oh yeah, I think he says he was able to accelerate it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yes. 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 That totally makes sense. Um, and after Palmer talks about his confliction, uh, they the, the the gang is like, yo, man, it's four on one. What do you think you're going to do? And uh, Steely Dan starts to give a little, like, you know, villainous speech. But before he can even finish, uh, Joe Toro has already punched him. Like, <laughs> through star a window, bottom. like, in the yeah. stomach. Um, but and we notice like, that, yeah. This is great, you know? Good it's on Joe Toro. Jotaro continues to get points. He is finally 16 episodes into this is really crystallizing his <laughs> starring role. Uh, but as he, as Steely Dan flies away, Joseph flies away an equal pace in the opposite direction. And man, it's great because Steely Dan gets up and it's like, what the hell, man? I was monologuing. <laughs> Look, isn't it how stand fights go? We each talk about our powers. We sit I have down. To, I have to give you the rule set so you can outsmart me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's really pissed off, and he's like, you know, it's how your grandpa's over there vomiting blood, haha! And then he then pays a child 
a random child who is, you know, unshaken by the fact that he just watched a man like burst through a wall. He pays this kid who's holding a broom to, to whack him in the leg and the child does so immediately. And uh, Joseph feels a ton of pain. Um, I have to apologize to Joseph because uh, Steely Dan took that broom hit pretty well. Joseph is screaming like a child. And my initial thought was, oh, is he freaking out like more than he should? <laughs> That's fair. I, I had a hard read on this stand, though, because at first I thought like what it does is, you know, whatever he whatever Steely Dan feels, the person he's uh, got his stand inside will feel, too. Right. Like that makes sense. Yeah. Like lovers will just be mirrored from one person to the other, like a Gemini thing almost. Yeah. But that's not what it is. And it seems weird that it works that way, despite not being that. Well, it's it's strange because I think we get the the explanation right here. But if not, we'll just say what it is. Um, yeah. Lovers, the stand is actually a it's not exactly microscopic. It's real, real tiny. It's like the size of a fly. Um, and it's in Joseph's brain. And he's holding on to Joseph's brain. So the way they describe it is that if you hurt Steely Dan, his stand feels the same pain. And because his stand is holding on to Joseph's brain, that same sensation is transferred to Joseph, but it's worse. There's like a whole lot of questions that get raised about this, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if it's in the brain, why does it even wait for Steely Dan to feel pain? It seems to be in control. Like, why doesn't it just, especially what we see later, why doesn't it just scoop that brain into pieces? Yeah, it, his stand is weird, and he, he seems to be one of those who has direct control of his stand. He can tell what it's doing at all times. Yeah. we got to ascertain those rule sets. It just, he's, he definitely, he, I think he's too in love with the pro. I don't think he understands the potential of his stand. Well, I guess what this boils down to, and I think this gets proven repeatedly in these two episodes, is Steely Dan is a pretentious idiot. Oh, yeah, he is. But that's kind of why <laughs> I, I like love, him. Yeah, he's, a, he's an extremely likable character because he's a pretentious idiot. And it's just fun to be around him right now. I think that he's going to join my Hall of Fame of villains that I just like to mention, <laughs> even though they're not worth it. He joins our friends like Doobie. No. And, yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that. No. no fuck he's those not part guys. of Doobie and Beck. He is way above their level. I like <laughs> He has an impact. <laughs> I guess maybe you think I find that list more offensive than you do. I just love thinking about Doobie and Wired Beck. And I Doobie. will love thinking about Steely Dan. Steely Dan is. I like Steely Dan. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He's. he's He's been funny, and I like how dumb he is. The first thing is that he, he reveals what's going on. He's like, you can't attack me. Are you attacking your own grandpa? And I think the repeated theme that happens through this is what I think we'll think that I should start saying it in the second episode is you yeah. didn't do your research. Yeah. You don't know what we're up. We don't know what we're all about. And I've got to say, four psychopaths yeah. are standing in that road in front of him. <laughs> he picked the wrong people to run the scam on. <laughs> He's taking a hell of a gamble that Jotaro wouldn't kill his own grandpa to get through this fight. It really is. Like, that's... And also, I do have to say, before... I'm glad that the series works in a role. Like, how did Joseph... If Joseph feels hits exponentially, how did that punch not just pulverize his heart? That's the thing. Is it exponential? He says it's more so... Yeah, he says it... it well, maybe exponential is too much, but he says he yeah. feels it more. That's why the broom hit was more. That's why later on, we'll have other things later on that kind of feed into this. It's just the idea of like, what happens to me is like doubled or tripled and sent to the next person. 
It's never even that specific. It just says more, and it's really his whole stand is ambiguous. It's it's a weird stand that I think exists solely for the method of how they're going to fight it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think they worked backwards. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like what did he like he did to Joseph? Uh, oh yeah, and Joseph can even feel pain in his robot hand because of this. Oh yeah, that's a great little moment. Yeah, so he he even has the ghost sensation, like it's sending the phantom pain to his robot hand. And he's feeling all of it. Um, we have this great moment where um, the child then whacks Steely Dan again. Is he's like, "Hey, he wants more money," and it doesn't work out for him. Oh, uh, poor kid. Poor kid. We we <laughs> no longer see that kid. I actually had half a moment um, uh -huh. because of how the camera pan. Where I'm like, "Is it Anne?" Oh uh, yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. Every time they introduce a small kid that way. I was like, is Anne back sweeping the streets? Is she here to save the day? Oh, <laughs> uh, every god, every single character, every one of our main team, except Alfdal, is just gets a moment <laughs> to be beautiful in this episode. Yeah. Because Jotaro is living up to his best Jotaro self, too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And a good example of that is that after um <laughs> after like we have the artificial hand pain thing, uh Jotaro then goes like, Well, I have an idea. What if I killed you so quickly it can't transmit to my grandfather? <laughs> and we have, like, not once but twice does Catcoin have to use Herifat Greed to grab Star Platinum and be like, dude, this is your grandpa. Please stop. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's Steely Dan is gambling very wrong here. <laughs> I know. I do think. So do you think Jotaro would have hit him had Catcoin not, not done that? I think he would have gone full Heracles here. Like yeah. he would have done it, maybe regretted his actions later, but I don't think he would have stopped himself. He's like, I think my grandpa can outpain you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa had poison in his heart for like a month. Yeah, my grandpa's been through some stuff. He's had a he's had an ancient being Haman himself in the knee. He knows what pain is. <laughs> um we then get where I just, in all caps, there's a lot of bold and italics. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, before this, uh, Steely Dad uh, lists off a funny little list of, like, all the ways where he's like, and anything could happen to me that could happen to your grandfather. Say I got hit by traffic, or I trip. <laughs> he's, it, I love his, um, his, like, hostage situation of, like, here's how the situation's going down. A stiff breeze could kill me and your grandfather. <laughs> He's just so smug about it the whole time. It's great. It's great. He then picks up a rock and he said, ah, I can pick up this rock. And I went, he picked up a rock. It was this big, like Jonathan. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember that Jonathan thing. You don't remember Jonathan picking up a rock? No, I don't. What happened? Oh my God. So, oh, this is great. Flashback time. So Jonathan, as he was recovering from his injuries of fighting Dio the first time in the bur in his burning family home, uh, he had a random run into Zapelli. Zapelli does the pinky swear on Jonathan's stomach, which makes him realize he's healed. And he's like, my strength is back. And he goes, I can even pick up this rock. And he picks up like a boulder. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, I remember now. Yeah. It's such a... It is such a beautiful... <laughs> Man, Phantom Blood is just too innocent and beautiful for its own sake. For Phantom some... Blood is so gosh darn stupid and wonderful. <laughs> uh, 
think that's one of the good things about JoJo because my love for the previous seasons only continuously get compounded, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a Photoshop. I'm sorry. Someone Photoshopped the rock into something weird. I have no <laughs> idea what that even is, but yeah. Looks I like see. a person, but yeah. But yeah, I can even list this rock. Um, but yeah, he lifted a rock. It's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite moments from the original series. So when he picked up a... Anytime somebody picks up a rock, I'm going to pop. And you're like, oh my god, he picked up a rock! Um, and again, after he picks up that rock, Kekuan has to do everything he had to stop Jotaro from killing his grandfather as... Um, Steely Dad beats Jotaro with a rock. Did you have that? Did you have that immediate, like, visceral instinct about how? Did you yell at your screen? It's like, does everyone forget that he could control people? That Herifont Green could go, like, literally like a snake inside people, like puppets? Yeah, man. That would come in handy, wouldn't it? That would come in great handy. <laughs> Maybe people are thinking about that, but not in the way you think. Yeah, you know. All right, so if everyone who was watching this thought that Steely Dan owning a donor shop and then going through this whole haggling thing with Joseph is absurd, um, boy, I don't even know how to follow the logic of this moment. Joseph then recalls that he had the whole, like, poison ring thing on his heart. He thinks about that. He's like, oh, my God, this is, like, as bad as that one time this happened. And that he and Kakuin, like, look at each other, make very brief eye contact, nod, and then start running. And I am in Polnareff's shoes, who goes, what, guys, huh, what, huh? And then he starts following them. Well, Polnareff is the idiot of the group, remember? He's he's definitely like the lecherous version of a Michelangelo for this team. Exactly. Oh, I was in his shoes. Like, the amount of information and assumptions that come from that nod that are expanded upon in the future, I, like, they I could thought, not have had the same plan. I thought their plan was pretty explicit. <laughs> The tilts of the head. You 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 got to be in sync with those two guys. Who to knows? Be fair, I mean, yeah. To be fair, I think how they would combine their powers was kind of like I actually when they did what they did with what yeah. their two powers were. Granted, they did it differently than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Like assholes, Iraqi. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was still what I thought they were doing. Like that's exactly why I thought they ran away was to do what they do together. <laughs> And I didn't think Polnareff was going to be any part of that plan. I guess they proved me wrong with that. I'm glad they added Polnareff to the plan. I felt <laughs> I feel better about the plan with Jean-Paul being a part of this plan. Uh, they all run away. Kakoid's like, ah, got to keep him away from Joseph. And uh, so they have now abandoned uh, Jotaro with Steely Dan, leading to maybe a whole bunch of great bits in the, in the episodes to come of Steely Dan and Jotaro's Day on the Town. Those two have a great relationship together. They actually have great chemistry, I will <laughs> they say. They do. Um, Steely Dan goes like, ah, if they think that running uh, works, they're idiots. My stand uh, has a really, really long, effective range. He doesn't say it's limitless, but he's like, he, he seems to know for a fact that it works like over thousands of kilometers. So it's like effectively like limitless in terms of like trying to travel on foot. It's the way he says it too. Like the way he talks has been fantastic. It's not, he doesn't just say like they can't. They they can run away. They can't escape me. He, he says it like, but knowing one's weakness is actually a strength. Yeah, he's real hoity-toity. Like the way that Steely Dan talks is like the bulk of his charm. Yeah. 
and they have a great back and forth between Steely Dan and Joe Toro, and it's really, really, it, it's great. It's great. And like he just continually bugs and it, 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 it like reaches ahead when Steely Dan then like mugs Joe Toro, like very slowly too. Like takes his watch and his wallet and he complains about how little money is in Jotaro's wallet. This is another way that like first of all, Jotaro was doing his whole like berserker reactions, which were admirable. To oh yeah. With. And now he's 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 finally correct he's um he's calm. Yeah. And he's just straight up like he knows what he needs to do now. Mm-hmm. And so for the whole rest of this time when he's basically being held hostage um with steely dan he's just stolid you know yeah he's like i will wait for my moment i'll wait for my time wait for my moment wait for my time um we get to this new scene where uh the, the gang i suppose kekyoi and polnareff and joseph uh have made it to a tv shop they find a tv shop and uh joseph uses purple hermit to project inside of his own brain on the tv and you're like, boy, how could that be useful? At least they could see the lovers inside of it. And oh wait, the plan is that Polnareff and Kekyoin and Polnareff and Kekyoin are going to shrink their stands to be really, really tiny and send them inside of Joseph's body. Which reminded you of what I said earlier. Herefon <laughs> Green doesn't need to shrink. It just does a weird snaky thing and goes inside people. Yeah, it it could do what the flesh buds do on its own already. Oh, did we mention that Joseph has a flesh bud in his brain again? Oh shoot, yeah, I we guess we did right over that. that. Yeah, yeah, I skipped. Well, the thing is, for me, it's like it's the, it's 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 vital, but it's not vital. So they have a ten minute time limit. I I apologize. Uh, not only has the lover snuck inside of Joseph's brain, but it like smuggled in a flesh bud with him, and uh, it will it will explode. He gets a lot of he gets a lot of timers on his life, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean that's why he lives life every minute, every second at a time. <laughs> I mean, if, if if his wrists can miraculously stop bleeding on their yeah. own, <laughs> what's he got to be afraid of? Exactly, he's seen so much stuff. He's seen so much stuff. He's been in a chariot race with zombie horses. Oh my goodness! But yeah, so the 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 team is gonna go. What's it called? Uh, Incredible okay. Journey? Amazing Journey? Yes, thank you. You were trying to think of it, too. I could not remember the name of that movie. What is, is it Amazing like Journey? It is something more... Yeah, it's, it's very generic like that, so it doesn't exactly say what you... Yeah, like, hold on. Movie where the people... The people shrank. They're going to do well, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Incredible Journey was the one where the animals go back home from crossing the wilderness, so it ain't that. Went inside someone? That's not a great phrasing. Interspace. <laughs> Fantastic Voyage. Fantastic Voyage, you're right. I believe so, yes. Uh, yes, Fantastic Voyage. So this is like a spoof of Fantastic Voyage. So much like the Venture Brothers, JoJo has also uh, spoofed this. Uh, we cut back to uh, Steely Dan. Steely Dan the man who demands that Jotaro must become a bridge. Uh, which is a great demand. They're like at a... Uh, there's like a, a little bit of water. Uh, it's like a walkway with a, some water running in beneath. And because Jotaro is so long, he is able to stretch out and become a bridge. Or at least Steely Dan's eyeballing that he could do so. 
didn't even uh, think he could reach. And it looked like it, but guess what? He can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says no, so Steely Dan kicks like a, I don't know, like a concrete statue or a trash can or something. And it, it, it wallops old man Joseph. It wallops him. Um, <laughs> which made me think I did that once in Nashville. I was trying to, uh, I, I was on work and I was trying to do a social media post and I walked right into a, a trash can that was surrounded by concrete. Ow. And it hurt a great deal. Why did you do that? Well, I was trying to do, it was, it was before, a, it was before a half marathon too. So like I was with the group, people were all going to do a half marathon. They're all walking. And I'm like, this would make a great. And this is like four or five years ago when like you really need to be on top of social media. For, well, I mean, you still do, but people cared more back then. It's like, I should have a picture of the team all walking to the starting line. So I'm trying to get the great shot while not falling behind and just walked right into a trash can. Oh. It, it was like a uh, concrete uh, cylinder that had a trash can in it, so you couldn't move it or something like that. It was terrible. I had a, it cut my leg up. I ran on that. <laughs> it sucked. So what I'm trying to tell you is this was an effective way to do damage on Joseph. I felt it. it made me Could think back to my own past. Mm. Um, and then we have what I wrote in my notes, the most tense man walking on another man scene, man I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and Joe just being a good sport about it. Yeah, he's got this like, and I guess it's crazy too because he has to like stretch his fingers out. He can't really have like a handy hold. So like Steely Dan like takes the heaviest steps and then starts doing like flexes like he's like like doing one-legged squats on the back of Joe Soro and he's like, "Oh, you're real steady." Yeah, well, something I thought about a couple times during these two episodes where is because we're in stand fights now. Mm -hmm. Like in the days of old in Joseph days, the fights are between like, you know, everyone who was fighting was in like peak uh peak physical condition. Yeah. Like they were these like giants and titans of men with muscles and like they could lift boulders with their two hands i guess is what yeah <laughs> remember tarkas hand. yeah it's like so i'm so like how fit like how insane anime fit are our current cast of characters yeah because you don't really see jotaro doing a lot of fitness kind of stuff or also like if iraqi didn't have such a um like a big style, a big animated style. Perhaps Steely Dan isn't exactly because he looks like a big dude too. But I wonder if if it were drawn nowadays, if he'd be drawn as like a real skinny guy. Hmm. Yeah. Is he? He doesn't quite fit the. Um, he really doesn't exactly fit the style of it. I think. But yeah, yeah. it's it's. You wouldn't expect mm -hmm. him to be in a fight. Yeah. No, he should look more like someone who's like paper thin or something like that but he actually looks like he's also in good shape and joseph but jotaro yeah it's funny he doesn't cheat like he doesn't have like um star platinum like underneath him holding him up he does actually become a bridge um we then have a scene where uh kakyoin tries to explain why this is a two-parter is he's like, Polderaf, we need you to do subtle tiny cuts inside of Joseph's head so we could dig our way to the enemy. If I could just get right in there, it'd be real easy, but it's not real easy. So we need two uh, two episodes to do this. <laughs> and we get a really good, like, week almost, oh my god, from Joseph as they start cutting the inside of his brain. <laughs> Man, poor Joseph. 
I think he even goes like, I don't feel good. He's yeah. like, oh my god, I don't <laughs> feel exactly good. exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> uh. um, and uh, <laughs> we see uh, one final image of this episode, which is Steely Dan and Jotaro walking in a park. And so ends the first episode of this fight. I... I dig this episode. I love the rules of the fight. I love the fact that everyone's got to shrink down. Steely Dan is a beast. He really is. He's such... The thing is, he's like signing his own death warrant with every step, but he just doesn't know it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Like, he just continues to be such an asshole to JoJo when he really doesn't have an upper hand like he thinks he does. Yeah. You think he, he he really does feel like he has, like, all the advantage in the world. Like, they have nothing they can do. It's so a, funny. God, it's like a reoccurring theme with every single one of these stand users that as soon as they are beat, they get pathetic. Oh, yeah. Like, but, none of them have been, like, like a, admirable people underneath. Oh, yeah. No, Steel and Ed sucks. And he so, knows he's, he knows he sucks. Yeah. But you know what? He did w- He did get the first win because he did cheat <laughs> Joseph out of those kebabs. You know what? Yeah. You know? As smart as Joseph thinks he is, a man pretending to sell kebabs out-hackled him. For like 300 yen. Yeah. What is that even? A, what is, the, what is three dollars. Like three bucks. It's three bucks. Ish. Oh, wait, this is like the 1980s. Maybe $10 was a lot more back then. That's fair. One second. $10 in 1989 now. Uh, let me see here. That would be uh, around $21. That for can't four be four right. burgers. For Dooners. For, for, for Donners. We don't have Donners in this town anymore. Wow, really? Is it really $21? So it would be double the value. Well, damn. So he got swindled for $6 in 2021 money. I've been learning German on Duo for a while. Um, yeah. And one of the earlier things, they earlier foods they teach you is the uh, the German for donor kebabs. Oh, hey. I've now started to believe that. I don't know how big they, I've started to believe that donors must be really big in Germany for some reason. They're good, I'm, though. I'm going to be depressed if they're not. Donor, well, there used to be a donor place in the town I live in, and it, is, it had closed. It closed before COVID. So you got to really? have to drive if you want to find some donors. That small little place had a donor kebab? Yeah. It had a donor wow. place. Huh. I have no idea where to go around here for donors. Uh, You might have to head south. <laughs> Real well. But, uh, man, now I want a donor. Anyway. Okay. Are, are you ready to talk about the second part of The Lovers? Yes, let's get into it. Alrighty, uh, you know it's going to be a banger because they go right to the intro. I always feel good about that. Yeah. Uh, so after the intro, Steely Dan is thanking Jotaro for being a good bridge. Which, you know what? Hey, he's being grateful. He's being grateful. It's like, hey, man, you were a good bridge. And then you get like the dark eye, the, the, like, the overshadow eyes for a Jojo. Oh, it's so great. It's so great to see Jojo with those eyes. Um, he then is like, hey, 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 man, can, can you maybe scratch my back? And I didn't know where this was going and was shocked it wasn't. Because he goes, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you had the same thought. <laughs> yeah, my same thought. He's like, lower, lower, 
Loa. And it was just his, it was like the middle of his back. Yeah. <laughs> but you like, know, like at some point, it was like, you're scratching your grandpa's ass now, JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're scratching your grandpa's ass at triple strength. <laughs> Except that, I guess he controls it because uh, Joseph was getting tickled by these scratches rather than scratched. Exactly. So it's it's real. Well, it was like, yeah, I have no clue, man. It's it's weirdness. But yeah, we need to remember that if he does that, Joseph starts to feel it. And he's like giggling and he says he can't concentrate. And we have a great moment uh, where Kekoin and Polnareff realize that there's a crowd. And Grandpa, <laughs> you're bringing a crowd. Because Joseph is like dancing, wiggling, pressing his hands against the gra the glass of this TV shop. Uh, people just seem to assume that he's like crazy or whatever. So they start throwing change at them. And one guy's like, oh, having an older relative's real rough. <laughs> and it's it's a weird moment. So they decide to buy one of the TVs and they and they make a they make a break for it. I like I like the crowd. I think that's pretty funny. Is Kek going in charge of the money? Is that what we learned here? Yeah, because I don't think they picked any money off the ground. Well, yeah, Kekoid. Wait, no, that was fake Kekoid. Kakoid, a Kakoid is always stuck with the bill, is what I'm finding out. Be it coconuts or TVs. Kakoid has to shop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they buy a TV. Let me see here. We then get another thing where there's a lot of logic leaps in this episode, but you know what? It's they're so charming, I can't be angry. Because we immediately have a thing where Steely Dan reveals that he somehow knows everything that's going on. Like he's in direct control, and he's one of those who has can see what his uh, stand is doing. I guess. I guess it's and his stand can tell what's going on in other parts of Joseph's brain. Yeah, and that they're trying to figure out how to deal. It's. I honestly don't know how to feel about that because it seems absurd. <laughs> because it, it's it, it breaks a lot of rules. It doesn't it make any sense. Too late to question that kind of thinking now, Pat. Oh, it's only going to get weirder. It's only going to get weirder. We are three seasons deep into that kind of thing. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Stands will only get more weird. Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's not focus on Ostila Dan's uh, knowledge of this makes no sense. Uh, Joseph is able to power use uh, Purple Hermit on a TV without power. I thought they'd have to find like a plug or something, but he's able to use Purple Hermit on a TV without power. It's a handle. It might be some kind of like battery-powered TV, like a... Oh, okay. I just thought that they had just put a, a power down TV down on the ground. Um, and then we find out that um, it's great because they don't give a time. They're like, he has minutes. He has minutes to live. You've got five days, hours. What was it? Oh, five. Dragon Ball Z was five minutes as well. Five minutes. Oh, well, damn. Five minutes stretched across <laughs> yeah. a month. And I remember him saying it as month. Wow. Yeah, it's like you've got five minutes. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got mere minutes left before uh, Joseph is killed by the flesh bud. Um, this episode and has twenty minutes left in it. It does, and this is the first time I wrote in my notes. Like, wait, what's stopping him from using Haman? Okay, yes, thank you. Because is when it, he finally did it at the end, I didn't see why that was ever an issue. Like maybe Steely Dan was stopping him from breathing properly. I couldn't quite figure it out. Okay, so we can come up with solutions, but the anime offered none. Like, it gave no reason for him to not be using Haman at this point. Yes, that's a very fair point. I guess we don't need to guesstimate why he didn't use Haman. 
Because the moment he had to use Haman, he used Haman. Um, so maybe that's the reason. I've, I'm so I'm so curious as to why that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna call it fight time at this point. Uh, officially fight time because we go back into Joseph's head, and uh, Silver Chariot and Green Hierophant have found lovers. Who's a a, a crab creature, monster, bug creature thing. It's a real ugly stand. Um, real ugly, terrible stand. Uh, the fight begins. Silver Chariot lands a pretty good hit, uh, but Paul Naraf is like, "I don't think I won this," and he starts talking to uh to Green Hierophant. But then uh, another Green Hierophant shows up, and it's like, "That's not the real me." And it turns out that for the first time ever in any series, uh, the deception immediately stops. <laughs> yeah. And and the fake Green Hierophant, the one who was pointed at and called the fake, is actually the fake, and he lands a solid blow on the back of Paul and uh, Polnareff's stomach, and Polnareff loses a lot of blood on this hit. Rocky is very very generous with his wounds. These, it's something I think in later I think in later series what you'll find, maybe he was he was kind of cognizant of this because in later shows, um. There's usually a a guy whose stand has healing powers. Oh. So there's like always someone who has to do the like, I'll clean you up. <laughs> like there's like a there's just a little due diligence played in that kind of way. Here, Paul Narath probably loses like four gallons of blood. <laughs> uh we get a we get a Kekoin monologue. Monologues about how things seem rough and the bad guys have the upper hands. Uh do you have any 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 thoughts on Kekoin's little like we're screwed monologue? Not in particular. I just want to mention that I absolutely, I love this fight. I love everything about this whole setup. It's a, a for the first. I think this is, might be the first time in this yeah. entire Stardust Crusaders where they're acting as a team together. Oh, that's a very fair point. Yeah, it's not one person. This is always boiled down to one person. This is legitimately like Purple Herman is being used. They're all using their stands in in concert. Yeah, that's a great. cool idea. Because it's great because Purple Hermit's contributing because Polnareff needs to be able to see what he's doing. Yeah. Um. So Purple Hermit, I guess all this disgusting stuff is on TV and people think they're watching the weirdest sci-fi show ever. Well, um, hold on. Does that follow suit with the, the rules of maybe the projection is also a stand so people can't see? Oh, you know, maybe people can't see what's on the TV. You're maybe right. it's an old man just screaming at a TV and they're like, oh, the old. Well, no, I think, no, because... I would bet they can see the TV, but they can't see the vines because basically, when they they can always see when a stand affects reality. Oh, that's Even a good if point. The stand was invisible; they can see it doing something. So they, yeah, I, I think the TV could be seen. All righty, yeah, but I that is that is good. We have. I'm trying to think. So we do have that. We have that. Yeah, we have Silver Chariot. We have Green Hierophant. We have Lovers. Green it's Hierophant. really cool. I guess. Yeah, yeah this this you- whole thing is happening in a brain. Uh huh, and Green Hair fans used to going inside bodies, so it's leading the charge. Yeah, he has all the advice. And they brought uh, Silver Chariot because they needed a slicey slices, and the entire time JoJo's doing his job of keeping uh, Steely Dan uh, taking him for a night out of the town together. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of that, uh, Jotaro is busy polishing Steely Dan's shoes right now, <laughs> like rag and all. Uh, we get some, we get some shoe shine and taunting. The Steely Dan, he like kicks Jotaro in the face, and then he's like, "You know what you need to do? You need to lick my boots, lick them." 
And instead of licking his boots, Jotaro stands up, pulls out a tiny little like journal for a note thing. And this bothers Steely Dan more than anything else that's happened in the episode. He's like, what are you writing? And it's a list of everything that Steely Dan has done. <laughs> and Jotaro is like, taking notes, reminding myself of all the receipts you're going to have to deal with. He should have been a little more worried at this moment because despite being an asshole, despite making Jojo do all this stuff, Jotaro just made it clear that he's the one in control of the situation. Yeah. Like, he's power bottoming this real hard <laughs> it is such a oh god it is such a cool yeah it's it's a great moment i love how cool it just makes jotaro seem where he's just like yeah not freaking out not freaking out even a little bit not even a tidbit oh it's so cool <laughs> he's still winning that's what i like yeah. right now <laughs> he's still winning he's still winning uh, we cut back to the battle inside the brain of Joseph Joestar. <laughs> um, every time they hit uh, the lovers, it starts to clone itself and continually clones. And it then gives a whole extended speech that I just disagree with because it's like, they call me, they call me weak. They say I'm a weak stand, but I understand things, tortoise in the hair and such. Well, completely downplaying the fact that it can clone itself seemingly limitlessly. Which is unique for a stand, as gets pointed out, because there can only be one true stand. Yeah. Which is it's, a rule that I think we've established before? I believe so. Okay. I don't know. You, you never know. They, they always talk about a new rule as if it was with the confidence of... They, they talk about a new rule with the confidence that a five-year-old talks about something they just learned about. Well, it's, like they, it's almost like they always have the rule book and we're just not privy at it. Right. <laughs> like everyone's like did you read the rule book there's the latest patch notes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so being able to multiply himself is like really strong because they'll never know who the real one is and meanwhile lovers is being a dick about it he's being a super dick about it but he at yeah, the but... same time it's like i'm so weak i don't have any special abilities says the man who's cloned himself continuously continuously during all of this he can snip brain cells without people knowing. He just doesn't. It's it's absolutely bananas. Um, we get uh, Kakyoin who tries to use Emerald Splash, but Emerald Splash only continues to spread out uh, more lovers because it's just separating them and they each become one. And we have like an extended whack-a-mole fight. <laughs> Did you worry like I do that Emerald Splash would have to be doing collateral damage inside Joseph's brain? I, I don't understand why they like. This show seems to have like an internal rule where um that like Emerald Splash just doesn't do collateral. They're like, use it in a plane, use it wherever you want. It's Emerald Splash. Like, did they even argue on the plane where it's like it's safer for it's safer for Emerald Splash to fire than for Star Platinum to punch? Can hold on. Uh, um so stand rules. Mm -hmm. A stand can affect reality, right? A physical reality, not just other stands. Yeah. So, like, so Emerald Splash is still a real physical thing that will affect physical objects. Does it pop like a balloon if it hits non-organic matter? Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Like, if it doesn't hit another stand, it's harmless. Yeah. And they just never established that, like, up front. That's my guess. That's my only guess. It's the only way to explain how he's carelessly like gatting down 
like half of Joseph's brain right now. It's like there's no scene where Joseph is like, I don't remember how to play the piano. <laughs> um, uh, it it is crazy. Uh, I don't know if you had the. Uh, oh man, I didn't write this in my notes, and maybe this was already said, but we we have the revelation that uh, lovers, and somehow this isn't killing Joseph, but he's like. He's like tearing off little pieces of braid and mixing it up into a goop and feeding it to the flesh bud. I don't think we did say that. Um, did that yeah. happen? It's just it's little bits of not used gray matter, I'm sure. Yeah, not, none of that matters. It's just uh, old Joseph's 70s brain. real estate. How much was he using it? Yeah, it's, it's old 70s real estate prices. The market has changed. Hmm. The market has changed. It's his haggle knowledge. So it's, that was with Eaton. Uh, we have a, a bit where he is replicated so much they start marching, and I started thinking of um, the Sharkticons. Oh, that's a reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. It, like he might as well be yelling "Ba weep, grana weep, ninny bond" instead of most, because he's like just a whole bunch of these weird insect-looking things marching forward in a straight line. Um, like it's going back between all of them saying we are the most terrifying and they're chanting most 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 yeah the Japanese over and over again and like some of them are like dancing together it yeah and the and the colors go kind of crazy and we have a yeah. quick flash of like Joseph being like well I'm fucked <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I don't know if it happens here I, I didn't write when it happened in my notes and in, in the right order but there's a point where he's like hey Paul Duraf why don't you why don't you just you know back out of here this is going too bad. I don't think that was yet, but I might. Be okay, but yeah, thing. we have we have a we have a low moment, and the lovers continue. The lovers have like an insane Technicolor dance party, and that's great. That's absolutely great. They're almost like goblins or gremlins or something. They're not. They're yeah. not taking this shit seriously. Lovers and Steely Dan are a great pair, and I am such a big fan of all of this. Um. We then go back to the, the worst afternoon of Jotaro's life so far. Uh, Steely Dan and Jotaro have now wandered into a jewelry store. And uh, Steely Dan uh, wants Jotaro to do a crime. He's like, yo, 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 you Star Platinum to steal that wristband. And because this is no longer episode one of uh, Stardust Crusaders, Jotaro apparently isn't a fan of criming anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did a lot of crimes back then, didn't he? He did so many crimes before Star Platinum officially took shape. Well, he didn't. He didn't know that he was doing them necessarily back then, did he? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that's when he thought he was possessed. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm possessed by a ghost that likes to steal." God, I. When was the turnaround on that for him not controlling Star Platinum? It being an extension of him. I think was a it single... literally was it just Joseph telling him what it was, and that was it. Yeah, I think it was that, like him fighting uh, Avdol. And uh, Star Platinum taking shape. Uh, um, and also, maybe I didn't remember the rules of stands yet again, but Star Platinum being able to reach through that glass. Yeah, that was, yeah, he, he did, he only partially substantiated? It didn't seem to, like, because I thought he could punch physical things, but I guess he can go through them too? I guess. It's, it's another weird role. I bet they won't reference. I mean, he didn't use Starfinger to fish it out of that thing, which is what he should have done. Has Jojo used Starfinger more than once? It is. He used it twice. Okay, he used it on. Um, he he killed Deep guy, right. He used it. He killed uh, Deep Blue Sea, and he killed um, Strength. 
Yeah. I don't know if he used it on Yellow Temperance. No, I don't think he didn't. Yeah, I think he only used it twice, but he used it two times in a row to the point where you're like, oh God, Starfinger's going to be a problem, and then it stopped. I, uh, yeah, this, so, yeah. this episode made me question how many people JoJo might, was probably beaten like to death. So I went <laughs> back and looked up, and I realized that I did not remember the stand user's name for Yellow Temperance at all. I just called him Yellow Temperance. Did he have a name? He did have a name, and I've already forgotten it in the time it took us to get to this part of the episode. God damn it. That's awesome. It was weird. God damn it. Yellow Temperance, what was your name? What was your name? Okay, yeah, it was really weird. It was Rubber Soul. Is that a mu- that must be a music reference, right? It has to be, but I have no idea what. Rubber um, Soul. That's interesting. Oh, it's a Beatles album. Ah, okay. Oh, I'm okay. The, how about the JoJo wiki? Check of the music references. He wasn't given that name originally until after part three's publication. Okay, so they never said it. So, oh, there was a rubber soul in the Dreamcast fighting game. Ah, okay. We'll have to, we'll have to do like a special where we play that. Uh, which one was the Dreamcast one? Is that not the day of the JoJo? No, that's the, the 2D fighting game. Okay. It uses the Street Fighter 3 engine. It's kind of cool. Oh, that sounds neat. Um... But yeah, so we we have that. They're in the jewelry store. Jotaro steals the thing. And of course, we have this great moment where Steal the Dead goes like, this man is criming. Look at him crime. <laughs> he and uh, like He made it stressful first. He was like, come on, do it. Come on. The guy's not looking right now. Do this, Jojo. Be oh, cool. and he's like, <laughs> my favorite thing, he's like, if you don't steal it, I'll steal it. And these people will beat the piss out of me and kill your granddad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the moment that Jotaro steals it, he's like, he's criming, he's criming. And uh, boy, boy, oh boy, this, this place has got some tough dudes. Yeah, does, does the Rocky think Pakistan doesn't have cops? Is that what I'm learning here? No clue. Like, Iraqi read somewhere that they cut your fingers off, and he took that to heart. Um, yeah, some, some dudes come in, they've got, like, pipes and stuff, and they're like, ah, we cut the fingers off of thieves, and they just beat the crap out of Jojo. And we get this, I'm going to say, really classy uh, transition where Steely Dan steals a necklace or something. And as he pulls it, it it does a swipe where the necklace kind of fades out the scene and Jotaro is then thrown into the ground in the space that it creates. And so it's, I don't know why they did that. It, it I had, I watched it like twice. I really loved how it was animated. It's, it's a weird thing for such a small moment. Though it stood out to me too, I thought it was really nice. They have another really cool transition in just a second. Uh, oh, really? Between, yeah, between I don't know if you noticed, but it was between Kakyoin and uh, Hierophon Green. Oh, really? Shoot, I'll have to go um, back and watch that. Where, uh, well, first of all, I, just, I really like that scene, and I have to wonder, wow, what, uh, um, what does it say? He throws out, like, remember, JoJo, you can't use your stand on normal people, that would be bad for some reason. Yeah, I don't quite understand. This is what made me bring up the idea is if if is uh Jotaro himself not a fighter like could he not have defended himself the way his uncle or his uh, grandpa could have yeah maybe i don't know is he does he just look strong is Jotaro not actually we've not seen him lift a rock no he's right he's lifted no rocks he just takes the beating (laughs) from those guys like he doesn't why he doesn't any resistance whatsoever he just like takes it on the chin and he gets like blood spewing everywhere is, is is his want for the day. Yeah. It it is it is interesting. 
Well, 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 well let's uh, let's continue with the scene. Uh, Joe Toro is left bleeding on the ground. Like the the people just leave him. Like they like spit on him and walk away. And uh, Steely Dan walks out. It's like, man, they were hitting you so hard. I was able to steal something even better. How great is that? And uh, instead of taking the bait, Jotaro just starts laughing. And Steelit is like, stop, stop laughing, man. He's like, no, I can't help myself because I am just thinking about how much fun I'm going to have just getting my revenge. <laughs> you got to love the control that Jojo is still showing. It is an amazing, like, he takes that scene back and it's like, uh-uh, I still have this. I still have this. And uh, Steely Dan kind of uh, flips out a little bit. Flips out a bit. Uh, we then have uh, the turnabout, like almost like Phoenix Wright style, where it's like, uh, objection, we've we've solved it all along. We get the great old school style. It, we, we were winning the whole time. Uh, Kekyoin has revealed that he does understand the weakness of lovers and gives a whole speech. And he's like, you forgot that Green Hierophant is the grossest thing ever. <laughs> That's exactly how I was going to describe it. <laughs> you forgot how gross Herophant Green is. You forgot that I'm the grossest. Uh, he has uh, split Herophant Greens. Because I even uh, thought it was funny to myself. This is, I think, the most we've ever seen Herophant Green have legs. Oh, you're right. But not for long, because his, his legs have uh, split out into an extended series of, like, webs or rope or vein, however you want to describe it. Whatever's the grossest. And he has actually looped green hierophant around the feet of every single stand so he knows which one's the real one and then he uh emerald splashes the real lovers and we get a great little like um like a blood spray out of both lovers and of course steely dan yeah not to continue being nothing but a nitpicker but no, please do. why couldn't they use um purple hermit purple to figure out who the real one was like, isn't that whole, Hermes Purple whole thing is information? Yeah, I mean, that's great. Well, maybe if the TV were on, he could have asked uh, all the uh -huh. different stations and they would have played 15 different shows and been like, the one on the left. The answer is, is that they didn't need to because Hierophant Green was in control. He was already busy being gross. But yeah, that's where the transition was, by the way. It's like, it shows Kakyoin giving his speech about how he's already won and that whole Turtles and Hair thing was stupid. And then as he points, like, down, the animation, like, just shifts directly from him to being here fan green oh it was it was smooth as f oh that's so cool that's such a cool thing oh that's so cool see this show is getting stylish this show is cool yeah but yeah we get um never mind forget this show is really stupid because instead <laughs> of <laughs> instead of killing lovers or doing actual damage uh they hit it once which causes um Steely Dan to only have a small injury. And then they let lovers like backflip and then whoop, 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 dig his way out of Joseph's brain. And instead of stopping him or doing anything, they're like, look at him. He's digging his way out of your brain, Joseph. And they just let that happen. Yeah. I have no idea how lovers is even still alive. They shot it in the dome and the blood from, um, from Steely Dan that came out of his forehead, like the middle of his forehead. Yeah. Should have killed him. It doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> it doesn't make a lick of sense, Matt. It doesn't make a lick of sense. It bothers me. Um, well, the answer is again because the scene that happens next is too awesome to not have. Yeah, I know. It's it's they they make you think it's stupid and then they win you back. 
Anyway, uh, they reveal. So Joseph then finally does Haman on his own brain. They're like, "Hey, you could do Haman again." And he's like, "Oh, cool, funny, because I." <laughs> it's like um, remember Planet of the Apes, the musical of The Simpsons. Yeah, can I play the piano anymore? <laughs> That's funny because I couldn't before. Um, but yeah, he, he finally does Haman on his own brain, and uh, it it kills all of the flesh bud. Joseph is fine, and they realize. And I misread this scene entirely. Like, wait a minute. If the, if Lovers has left my brain, he must be. And in my head, and I even wrote my notes. Oh, my God, he's going for his heart. And they're like, left my body. <laughs> uh, you know, one of those would have made sense. Sure. But no, he didn't He didn't go for his heart. He just no. dips. Well, Lovers' whole thing. I feel like it's not as fully as in control as Steely Dan says. I feel like it's got an autonomous aspect to it. Yeah, and it's things brains. It doesn't know anything about hearts. I like brains. Well, if you if you just give them a heart attack, what? No brains. <laughs> um. Yeah, boy. So yeah, the the lovers is is flying away. Team Rocket is is flying away again. Uh, Jotaro then <laughs> uh, hits Steely Dan. Steely Dan tries to run. We get a. a ouch moment right here. You call this a little bit of a, of a return of pain. He grabs Steely Dan by the hair, but Steely Dan is freaking out so much, the hair like tears out of his head and he falls to the ground. And um, he then uh, starts licking Jotaro's uh, boot or shoes while saying lick, 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 which I guess I should have paid attention to how they said it in Japanese because it's it's definitely ridiculous in how they say it. <laughs> it yeah, it was. Um, and once again, we got the the turnaround where Jojo has the defeated stand user groveling at his feet. Yeah, the second he's lost the upper hand, he's like, oh, no, you're the best. Please don't, yeah. sir. No. no. Only, the, only the best work for Dio, man. Only the best. Yeah, only the best. He's like, he paid me. I could give you the money. Uh, I didn't even mean it. <laughs> um, I guess that happens later, but yeah, he... he, he you got to feel like Steely Dan is these people are, I guess never, this is the first time in, in their stand careers that people have managed to turn. Like they've never had to like, Oh crap. They've turned the tables. It's always like, aha, I've outsmarted you and you're dead. They don't seem to deal well with like, you know, punching back. They've never had consequences. Mm-hmm. So we then realize he's licking boot and being a jerk because lovers is flying back. And he's like, in a moment, lovers will enter his brain. It'll be great. Um, of course, the obvious thing happens because we see lovers flying towards Jotaro's ear, but time slows down to moving really, really slow. And Star Platinum uses his super speed and super fingers to uh, grab lovers. And then I wrote, hey, guys, remember that one time that he drew a fly? <laughs> he didn't do that. It was like... Uh. That was like a running gag early on. Where I was like, remember that time he drew that fly? It's like when he drew that fly. Uh, so he catches lovers in his in his hands and starts like crushing it. And we see like Steely Dan's limbs start to like bend and twist as he's crushed like his stand, which, ouch. Yeah, it was kind of gruesome. And we get uh, the best line of the whole episode. It's going to be really hard to top this where Jojo goes like, you really didn't do your research on us, did you? That, that seemed to be the theme of these two episodes. Like, Steely Dan was way in over his head. Yeah. So you you, you put the thing in the, in the brain of the one person that can see inside of his own head? <laughs> Good call. Good call. 
The only guy that could kill a flesh bud on his own once he was uh, free of your influence. Good call. Good call. Good call. Um, they then have a stupid moment. The the I guess the anime moment where it's like, hey, hey, I'm I'm a smash you if you uh, don't leave us alone. You promise to leave. It's like I'll go live on an island, man. I don't give a shit. I'm gone. I will live on an island. You'll never see me again. I am fine. And Jotaro is like, all right, I guess I trust you. And the moment he turns around, the guy deploys a switchblade, like he has a switchblade, like Anne style. <laughs> Are you sorry? Yeah. If you say you're sorry. <laughs> well, he said he's sorry. Um, <laughs> and Steeler Dan immediately tries to kidnap the brain of a child, uh, which, you know what? I Bravo, because I didn't see this plot twist coming. <laughs> Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kidnap this little girl's brain and, and you're not going to be able to, you wouldn't kill a little girl. You wouldn't kill your, you would kill a little girl. Once and then again, all the, yeah. <laughs> once again, he's gambling on a lot. He's gambling on a lot, but Jotaro's like, go ahead. And then Steely Dan realizes all of a sudden, uh, that he can't move. And Jotaro, knowing that Steely Dan can't move, uh, is like, what were you going to stab me like this? And he grabs the knife in Steely Dan's hand and maneuvers it backwards and stabs him through the cheek with his own knife. And boy, that is a, that's a heavy moment. That is, ah! Yep. And uh, we then is revealed that, oh yeah, Hierophant Green is the grossest and apparently can stretch forever. In tiny ways, even. Uh, yeah, so uh, the lovers didn't get, the lovers is inside the little girl's ear but he couldn't get in too deep because Herophant Green uh, was still wrapped around his foot and has now decided to wrap all the way around him. Uh, they they yank him out, and um, Jotaro then super punches Steely Dan. Super oh, duper punches oh, him. Oh, first he begged one more time for his life. Oh, yeah, he did the money. He only paid me. You could have it. No, no, it was even better than that because that was the moment where he was like, uh, where, where Jotaro revealed that he was never going to forgive him. Like oh yeah. The previous was just a lie. It's like beg forgiveness from Anyaba, the woman you killed. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Yeah. You picked the oh, wrong wait. person. She's dead. She can't give you forgiveness. <laughs> he had a good badass line there. And I looked this up because uh he then oro oro oros him. And in the manga, there are three and a half pages of Jotaro punching Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so that <laughs> That is them doing an adaptation of three and a half pages of Steely Dan being punched. Uh, roughly 20 seconds uh, in the anime. It's, I guess it's supposed to be a lot of catharsis just because of how much of a dick Steely Dan has been for two episodes. Yeah, and it's great. I don't feel bad for him at all, but at the same time, so glad we spent our time with him, you know? It was a great fun. I'm going to miss Steely. <laughs> I, I love Steely Dan. He is awesome. He's incredible. Uh, awesome. Jojo, yeah, yeah, he's dead, as, he's dead as fuck. Oh, he is so dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, got punched so much and then threw a brick building like three stories high. Like his his arm, one of his arms and one of his legs <laughs> are already broken, and then he punches him for twenty seconds straight and knocks him into a brick building, and then <laughs> Jotaro then tears a piece of paper out of his notebook, signs his own name on it, and it's like, here's your receipt. Walks away and the episode ends, and I lost my gosh darn mind. This was fantastic. I, I 
this is what made me look up the fact that, like, because JoJo is not even in high school yet, and he's killed people. At this point, he's been killing these people by punching them to death. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no question about it, but I had to look it up to see how many people JoJo has killed. And mm-hmm. apparently the voice of God, uh, the narrator, in, in some later session, re- 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 uh, will refer to these people as retired, not dead. <laughs> so, I think, canonically, he's not actually killing any of them. Oh, man, they're just in comatose states. Yeah, they've, all just, they've all been retired. They're retired. They're not working for Dio anymore. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> so JoJo hasn't killed anyone yet. Oh, God, except, that's hilarious. Except there's no, God, there's no way that strength Wait, no, he killed, he killed Deep Blue Sea. And he Deep stabbed Blue him sea in the brain and Deep Blue dropped him in the ocean. Right. He killed strength. Oh, I guess that's not a person. And there's, there's no way that Wheel of Fortune isn't dead, but, you know, nature killed him, not JoJo. Hey, hey, he starved to death. He didn't. <laughs> Cause of death wasn't JoJo punches. It was lack of food and probably exposure. Yeah. He, uh, he yeah, it was. He, that man starved to death or he'd. Ex- yeah, you're right. The doctor. The, re- read, read the cause of death and certificate. Doesn't sound like we did it. Not like Avdol, who was shot and stabbed and left in a shallow grave in India. Oh, Avdol. Only sometimes getting shot in the head will kill you. Only sometimes. <laughs> well, the thing is, he was shot in the forehead. Whole horse was shot in the mouth. Ah, uh, that's the big difference. Okay. See? See? Getting shot in the mouth, that's not going to kill you. Whole horse didn't get shot in the mouth. Remember, he pulled his bullet out before it hit him. Yeah, he, he, he de-ghosted his bullet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, that's the man. What a great two-parter! I I was uh, I enjoyed that so much. I think this might be, as of yet, the peak of Stardust Crusaders. Yeah, everyone's everyone's doing something. It's like um, I said, the first time I think they the, the group has been a team together. Like everyone is a part of this fight. Like, it's not just one person going off on their own or trading turns or something. Kakuin helped. Kakuin helped. Hi, guys. I helped. Um, so I guess, so I guess maybe on the podcast we should discuss, uh, are we doing a three-peat next time, I guess? Oh, my God. Are we at that part already? We, the, we have, um, yeah. Oh my goodness, we have... Oh, God. Wait. Uh, where are we? I'm looking at lovers. Oh, uh, no. Is there a three-part after that? No, no, there's not. Two-parter, then a two-parter, and then a two-parter. Yeah, we're going to have to do a three-part next time. So, yeah, we got a three-part next time. So, savor, savor... Or, or hear me out, yeah. we just do half of a two-parter three times in a row. We're always ending on a cliffhanger. <laughs> always ending on the halfway part. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Part, Maybe. Part, and then no, yeah, no, got to be a three-parter. I'm gonna. I'm, yeah, we should just three-part it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it yeah. out. But that's a problem for future podcasting. Uh, I, I feel that's uh, that's a pretty good place to end on. <laughs> I don't know about you. Cool. Good so, uh, some great, some great JoJo book out. Book out. <laughs>